The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and I'm so excited to have my guests on the show today, Common Capital, Raymond Lanza Weil, who is the president of Common Capital, and Callie Nesgoda Flanagan, who's the director of lending. Hello, you two. Hello. 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 Hi. It's nice to have you both on. Callie and I have known each other for a long time. Um, and Raymond, you and I have finally met. Our stars have finally aligned right here, right now. That's because we're both Franklin County folks, and <laughs> you know, it's so there's not enough population for us to meet. Well, or well, th- there are places for us to meet, and you would think that we would have That's met right. already, but well, here we are. Right, and you've been at Common Capital for four and a half years. That's correct. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, no problem. So Common Capital, um, you do small business lending, and you make a really big community impact. Um, I know you to be an amazing uh, community resource for a lot of my customers, people that I know throughout the region um, to get loans, technical assistance. But why don't you tell uh, our listeners a little bit about Common Capital? Sure, I'll go ahead and do that. Um, Common Capital, we've been around for 30 years now. We were founded in 1990 by Chris Sykes. Um, We are a community development financial institution, what we call a CDFI for short. Um, And we provide small business loans to local businesses and community projects that can't get financing from traditional sources like banks or traditional credit unions. Financing for small businesses can be really difficult. You know, you have to kind of fit into what I always say, cookie cutter kind of box. Um, you have to check off a lot of check marks, and if they don't hit those check marks, they can't get the financing they need. So that's why we exist. We exist to stimulate economic opportunity um, with a focus of low to moderate income people, immigrants, women-owned businesses, um, people of color, and um, to try to get things moving in the economy. And the reason why we can provide these loans um, that are quote-unquote risky to banks uh, is because we provide free business assistance to them. So, you know, a business owner might be great at making cupcakes, they're a baker, this is what they do, this is what they love, but they're not doing it to do their bookkeeping or accounting or marketing. And so we come in with this these resources to help them become better business owners with the goal of maybe having them graduate to traditional lending at some point. And I love that you mentioned Chris Sykes because... That's who was your predecessor, right, Raymond? Yes, he founded the place in 1990 and led it until four and a half years ago. Yeah, and so um, really there was a need in the community for this because a lot of people weren't necessarily getting the funding that they needed. Um, I think a lot of people might be confused about what you do in comparison to the SBA. Do you work with the SBA to provide these loans, these microloans? We do. So we're, uh, as Callie said, a CDFI or a community development loan fund, or even more simply, a community loan fund. And we have a variety of resources we use to make loans that fill a gap where banks have to say no because of their regulatory environment. One of the tools, two of the tools we use, are related to the Small Business Administration. We're a participant in the SBA's microloan intermediary program, wherein we borrow money from the federal government and turn around and lend it to uh, small businesses that need less than $50,000. Um, those are loans that banks typically don't make because they're so small. But more importantly, many of the, the microloans that we make are loans to businesses that have only been around for 
a year or less, or might be pure startups, uh, or might not have any collateral. So the SBA's microloan intermediary loan program helps us make loans to businesses uh, that otherwise couldn't get capital. And then, like a bank, uh, we also participate in an SBA guarantee program. It's called Community Advantage. And so when we have larger loans, uh, larger than $50,000, that are too risky for us, we can seek a partial guarantee from the SBA uh, to help us make a loan we wouldn't otherwise make. And so what is your sweet spot for lending? Do you have an average that mm. you know you you tend to see a lot of the majority of your loans falling into? So we make loans up to three hundred thousand dollars, or uh, total relationships up to three hundred thousand uh, dollars. But our average loan size is about forty to forty-five thousand uh, dollars, and our sweet spot is really in that. Twenty to seventy thousand dollar range. Uh, most of our loans go out the door for under fifty, but uh, anything in about twenty to seventy is is our sweet spot, and very much uh, focused on businesses, as I mentioned, that that are too young uh, to to qualify for a bank loan, that are less than two years in business, and frequently startups. Last year, uh, our, actually, our fiscal year ends tomorrow. Um, about half of our loans uh, were to businesses that were pure startups. And so is your market Western Mass? Is it particularly focused on one county over another? It is Western Mass, and we actually cover all four counties of Western Massachusetts. We cover Hamden, Hampshire, Franklin, and Berkshire County. We are located in Springfield, and so um, just by nature, we do have a lot of business in Hamden County, but we definitely um, are eyeing, you know, other counties, particularly <laughs> Berkshire County soon. So We've made loans in all four counties exactly. over our 33-year history. More people in Hamden County means more businesses and more loans in Hamden County, but we've had a nice concentration here, uh, well, just around the corner from the, uh, the radio station here, right next door. Brits are us, and uh, Mill City Music have both been borrowers. Yeah, Mill, Mill River Music, John Mill Aaron, River, Cena Nina me. were on um, a few episodes ago, and they're, they're great people, and um, I know Brits are us, too, and they're, they're a great combo store location, so if, if anyone listening hasn't been yet, um, it's right next to the radio station and it's a really great Brits British import um, business so if anyone's craving uh, bangers and mash not bangers and mash um, <laughs> what are those things um, well they also have a lot of Harry Potter stuff in Harry there Potter oh, yeah. stuff I know I know some of my co-workers have been in there to get some wands and things the butter beer I think there's butter, butter beer, beer. There's if you like, don't oh. know where that is it's I mean if you don't know where the radio station is because not everybody does Brits R Us is right across the parking lot from the back of Thorns. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. They definitely have a lot of uh, a lot of packaged foods that are that's imported that you can't get anywhere else. Right. right. Yeah. And, and hobnobs. What's a hobnob? <laughs> oh, they're delicious. They're. <laughs> I knew Joan would know. Biscuits, <laughs> cookies, and they're oat cookies with chocolate on top. Mm, nice. nice. So Let's good. Get some. Yeah. Yeah. Right after this, we should go. <laughs> It's between the 8 and 12 and 8 window. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, for better and worse, uh, at Common Capital, we make a lot of loans to food-related businesses. And another one on the other side of the parking lot is uh, Telus Kitchen and the Night Bar, oh, nice. uh, which was a startup, what, about six, eight months ago? I think it might have been September. So we're nearing the, the year. And I just had dinner there a few weekends ago, and it was amazing. Yeah, Drinks were phenomenal. Food, we had a beautiful meal. Yeah, they, yeah. they've been on the show, too. Oh, um, we have a lot of friends in common, I bet, if we 
started talking about it. Yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing food. Um, and really, I mean, not it for nightlife in Northampton, but we're we're sorely hurting for um, a club scene or um, after hours action, and they have really um, stepped up to fill that void. And they're really a good example of the kinds of entrepreneurs we try to help. Three people with good experience in the industry, an opportunity to start their own gig, um, but as a startup, unable to attract a loan from a bank. And... Um, so we step in, uh, evaluate a business plan and financial projections and, and make an assessment. And we take more risk than a bank does. As I mentioned, we offset some of that risk uh, in many cases with SBA guarantees. But we're really focused on the, the people and not just the numbers or the credit score or things like that. Well, I think it does come down to the people. You know, there's there's the seas of, of credit lending, which, Callie, I'm sure you, you know well because you've been at... Um, Common Capital, eleven plus years yes. now, which eleven is, years. I can't believe um, it. Incredible to think about. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, the character of a person, you have to sort of put more weight on that, and and it is a risk, right? It's a huge risk, but it's the person that's really going to turn the the business into a success or not. Um, so I really appreciate that you look at that um, in a really unique way, uh, in a different way, because it's needed. We definitely consider ourselves character lenders. Um, we've actually discovered a sixth C of credit, which is coachability, too. So um, you know, as I mentioned, we provide business loans. We also provide the business assistance. So as we're working with people during the underwriting process, we kind of gauge how open they are to receiving advice or, you know, how is this person going to be after they get a loan and will they be working with our business assistance team? Because it is so important to, to, to be open to advice and, and learning. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's great. And um, so the SBA sort of supports you in making these loans and, and gives you that additional collateral that, you know, the the business owners might not have. And so you were recently recognized as uh, an SBA awardee. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yes, yes. Um, our small team was, um, we won number one SBA microlender of the year. We have won that the past in two the years. In, in the, the state. state. I'm sorry, yeah. what did I say? You just said number in the one. World. No. In the world. <laughs> no. We in think we're the number yeah. one in the world. Yeah. But number one in the state of Massachusetts, which is pretty big for us because we're, we're small. You know, we're representing Mass- Western Mass and we're competing against, you know, Boston and we are um, the number one SBA microlender. We're also the number one um, community advantage 7A lender in the state as well. So we're really proud of that. It's incredible. Um, congratulations. It's really a testament. Thank and it you. makes people out in the East pay attention. Um, we're already at our first break, so we have to go. Um, this is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here with Common Capital, Raymond Lanza Weil, and Kelly Nisgoda Flanagan. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guests today are from Common Capital, which we learned was a CDFI, a Community Development Financial Institution, located in Springfield, Massachusetts. I'm here with Raymond Lonzawile, who is the president of Common Capital, and also Callie Nazgoda Flanagan, who's the director of lending. So, we heard a lot of great stuff in the first segment about 
how you give out loans and what your purpose is. The piece that I love about Common Capital that sets you apart from a lot of other lending and financial institutions in the area is your business technical assistance program. Um, and I think I first learned about this when I was doing some consulting in Springfield. Um, and I would just love to know sort of what it does, how it looks, how it rolls out both you know internally with you and your team and then also with your borrowers. Sure. So, um, you know, we do the business lending and, and during the um, application process or during the underwriting process, we usually introduce our applicants to Emil Farjo. Emil is our business assistance manager and he is serves as somewhat of a, a coach. He's a, he's a business coach to our clients and to our applicants um, and he has access to, um, a, you know, a roster of consultants that specialize in certain you know areas, whether it's accounting or bookkeeping or social media marketing. HR, restaurant assistance. Um, so we are all of our clients have access to that uh, much needed assistance. They're all really, the other consultants that we work with are all very um, vetted. You know, we really check them out. They're professionals and super experienced. And um, you know, we've seen a lot of our clients kind of bring their businesses to the next level because of that assistance. Um, as, as Callie said in the first segment, you know, somebody that m- knows how to bake uh, may be great at producing stuff that we all want to eat, but may not know as much about how to run the business itself. I, I think of it as the difference between lowercase b and capital B business. And so uh, everybody has an opportunity with us to learn how to become a better entrepreneur. So the two big areas of focus are for us are to ensure that people know how to keep track of their revenue and expense and figure out whether or not they're making money, because that's the point of being in business, is not only to provide value to your customers, but to generate a profit, and how to become more profitable. And then um, marketing is another area that's in great demand uh, from our borrowers and our applicants uh, to, to get help in learning how to navigate, especially social media marketing in this day and age. We really want to help uh, entrepreneurs become you know, the whole package, not just a baker who's in business, but a business person who happens to be a baker. And so is the technical assistance mandatory? Is there a certain number of hours that you need to fulfill in order to, you know, sort of keep keep on the good foot with you guys? Well, yes and no. In the first place, uh, let's be clear, it's free to our borrowers. We don't charge for the additional assistance that we provide. Uh, we really want to walk the path with our entrepreneurs and help them be successful, which obviously helps us get repaid. But more importantly, it aligns with our mission, which is to create economic opportunity for low to moderate income folks, people of color, immigrants and women uh, who are entrepreneurs in Western Mass. Is it mandatory? Sometimes. We do. So, so. It is mandatory for all of our applicants, and once they get approved for a loan, to meet with our business assistance team to kind of set a business assistance um, plan in place. So they put a plan in place, they set meeting schedules, we'll meet once a week, um, whether it's just a five-minute phone call or you know an hour-long session in person, we just want to have that connection with our applicants. And as Raymond mentioned, we do a lot of startups, and so... Again, the bakers. I'm just keep going back to the baker. The baker's you good must at be baking. Hungry. I know. <laughs> You're making me hungry anyway. <laughs> um, 
I gotta try those bang bomb bombs Banger. or whatever yeah. they are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not bangers and mash, unfortunately. <laughs> I'll, I'll interrupt the flow. We'll so go afterwards. I promise. We'll buy you some. Shout out to Carefree Cakery in North Amherst, uh, <laughs> yes. in the Mill District in Amherst, uh, uh, a startup business. I don't think she's quite open to the public not yet. Yeah, still build out. But yet. she's been baking for years and decided to go retail. And and so when you say, "Are you hungry?" I think of Carefree Cakery. Well, I love that you just mentioned that because I. think think in my value pack in the mail there was a coupon for their business really? in it oh, so you'll have exciting. to ask because i stuck it in my wallet because i was like i have not heard of this business yet <laughs> no. it's absolutely a check yeah, check you'll, have to, out for yeah sure. you'll have to give her a high five if she did that um, I think you should visit there, Tara, just before the next show that we re- we do. <laughs> so I can pick you Bring up some, some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the baker's good at baking, right? And so um, just to, to think about a startup business, you know, they're, they're planning out, they're mapping out their kitchen. They know the equipment they need to, to purchase. But we provide some benefits to that. So Emil, our business assistant manager, has so much experience starting helping other businesses start. And so he helps kind of maneuver them with the towns and permitting. And so many times a lot of applicants will, you know, kind of have um, a build out cost um, quote and then lo and behold, they have to do more and more work than they expected to. So we kind of bring that consultation and coaching through the startup phase to kind of make sure they're in line with what the, the building um, department wants, what the health department will need. And so we kind of bring that expertise with our to our clients as well. And so what happens if someone, you know, goes over their their loan amount? You know, um, oftentimes with a bank, we would do also do a line of credit. Are you also providing lines of credit or emergency funding above and beyond the initial loan? I hesitate to say emergency funding because we're not a fast lender. Uh, but we're always open to additional uh, additional loans when it's warranted and when it makes sense. The worst circumstances when there's cost overruns that weren't anticipated by anybody. So we really try hard up front to make sure that people have planned for contingencies. We might, in the background, say we could lend them more if they need it. Um, we've done some lines of credit over the years, uh, but it's not the, the thing we do best. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, what we try to do is match the need with the kind of loan we make. If somebody has a short-term need, perhaps we'll make them a short-term loan instead of a line of credit. And sometimes we even, you know, people might be surprised. You know, they apply for $100,000 because they think that's what they'll qualify for. And sometimes we'll look at it and say, gee, I really think you might need $120,000 to make sure you have working capital. Or only seventy five. Or seventy five, exactly. Yeah, so we kind of really right look at the deal yeah. to make sure it makes sense and cover all bases and make sure we're, we're on track to be successful when they do open. And I want to tie this back to something Callie talked about earlier, which is coachability. You know, everybody has something to learn. We don't know everything about lending. We're learning on an almost daily basis. Every time we get a new application, there's something unique about it, and we we learn something new. And I think entrepreneurs are in the same situation. We found that entrepreneurs that think they know it all tend to be the worst risks. And so this coachability thing is really important. Not that we have all the answers. But we want to ask questions of the entrepreneurs and have them think about it and think outside of their own uh, space of knowledge uh, and make sure they're covering all their bases in a way bases in a way that will help them be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially now, I think coming back from the pandemic, it's it's just a different scenario for different. all of us. Yes, um, and. T- 
to that point, what are you seeing that's really sort of different um, in your borrowers now versus pre-pandemic? We're seeing a lot of more a lot of startups. So Raymond mentioned about half of our um, approved loans last year were true startups. I think prior years we were probably seventy five percent existing business is only twenty five percent startups. So I think a lot of people kind of took a step back. They have a career going, or they're working in a job that they're not really seeing a future in, and they're rethinking things and saying, let me try something on my own. And, you know, I have this skill. Let me try to do something where I work for myself. So I think people had epiphanies during the pandemic and are just kind of changing their mindset and and working. And some of those epiphanies were market driven. We saw a significant uptick in demand from people that wanted to become independent truck drivers. There were too few truck drivers uh, for local and and medium loads during the pandemic. So a whole bunch of people got into that market. Of course, now that market's saturated. So people that want to start becoming an independent trucker don't have as great an opportunity as they used to. so we see those kinds of cycles all the time, but startups seem to be the, the, the big thing. People don't want to work for anybody else anymore. They want to they do their own gig. And, and I thought you were totally going to name drop, but is it Black Rose? Black Rose Trucking, yes. <laughs> Yolanda Rodriguez. I did it for yes. you. <laughs> I was on your website earlier. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> that was a great picture. She's awesome. Like, I was like, I would hire these two women yeah. to drive my stuff around. <laughs> Yolanda's a, a Hispanic woman from Holyoke who has a commercial driver's license and was driving for a construction company, driving a, a dump truck, and uh, decided, realized she could make Make more money by going out on her own and and working for more than just one company. So she and her daughter, they're both CDL drivers. They're both trainers of other uh, drivers, and they they drive dump trucks around. And we were really glad to help them start that business. Yeah, it's great. There was also a, another um, trucking company that was new that the Massachusetts Small Business Development Center recently highlighted in their um, email news blast, and I'm not Might sure. Is trucking, maybe? I think, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, but in any case, here we are again. We already are, are at our second break. Um, this is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here with Common Capital, Raymond Lonza-Weil, and Kelly Nisgoda-Flanagan. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and my guests today are from Common Capital, located in Springfield, Massachusetts, but serving all four counties of Western Mass. I have Raymond Lonza-Weil, who is the president, and Callie Nisgoda-Flanagan, who's been uh, talking about lending. Um, she's the director of lending for Common Capital. And so, you know, started in 1990, um, a total of $30 million, $2.9 million to nearly 800 businesses. Something like 2, that. 2,000 jobs um, created. Over that 33-year yeah, period, that I sounds mean, right. Yeah, I mean, incredible. Incredible. Well, and I think for me, more impressive than that is that uh, Chris did a great job of growing this uh, nonprofit organization through about the mid 2000 and whatever that is. How do we talk about that? The 2000 and well, till the big recession. And the big recession really hurt our organization. And somewhere around, you know, 2012, 
2012, 2014, as as our organization was recovering from the Great Recession, uh, Chris started looking toward retirement and wanting to really grow the business. And and he said publicly, I'm not speaking out of school here, that that he thought the organization needed a different leader. And so, an organization that over the years had had done maybe around a million dollars a year in lending every year. Um, since I uh, took the helm in 2019, we've really tried to push that up. Uh, and these last two years, our fiscal year ends on June 30th every year, uh, have been two of our two biggest years ever. Uh, last year, uh, fiscal year 22, we did $2.2 million in lending, which at that time was our biggest year ever. This year, we're going to end tomorrow with uh, $2.8 million in loans to 30 small businesses. Um, over two-thirds of which are businesses owned by low to moderate income folks in alignment with our mission. Um, and just this year alone, that helped create or retain 100 uh, jobs uh, here in the Valley and in the Berkshires. And um, we're, really, we're really proud of that. And, you know, it takes, uh, it takes demand to make these kinds of loans. The demand is out there. We have to develop the resources to do more of what we're doing, and we're doing that every day. Cali's lending team is expanding, and so we, we hope in the next 12 months we do $3.5 million in loans. And that may sound like very little to somebody like you, Tara, who's a banker, or to me. I'm a recovering banker myself. Um, but what's important about it is is not so much the aggregate, but the fact that 30 small businesses got loans ranging from anywhere to $3,000 to $250,000 to either start or grow their business, loans they couldn't have gotten other, in, in another place. Yeah, you're definitely feeling a necessary need in the yeah. community for sure. And so your total loan portfolio is around 5.9 million? Well, it was. As of today, it's um, seven point nine million. So seven point six, I think. Okay. I don't want to overstate. Right. <laughs> We're creeping Give us up. another no, month, no and we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, seven point six six million. We've grown at fifty percent in the last four years. That's amazing. Which uh, we're pretty happy about. Yeah, and like you said, a lot of that money is going to low and moderate income. Um, people and people of color um, and a lot of startup businesses. So you're really filling a very important need in the community. I think the real opportunity for us is uh, to make more loans to businesses owned by people of color and people who are immigrants. Um, we've been a white-led organization since we were founded and largely staffed by people who are white. We're very cognizant of the fact that we need a more diverse uh, staff. Uh, which I think we've made some inroads into. And we also have to be conscious and conscientious of the market we're trying to serve. And that serve that market is serving people who um, don't have the resources, either because of uh, a lack of historical wealth, uh, perhaps because of discrimination. Uh, there's a number of obstacles facing people with low to moderate income and people of color. And when we say out loud that we want to help people, uh, people who don't look like me, I'm a white middle class guy, um, that's the first step, but absolutely not the only step in digging deeper into our market and helping people uh, that can't get help elsewhere. And do you have partners in um, what you do and how you do it? Um, you know, some things that come to mind for technical assistance and sort of people that I think of when I think of Common Capital, although these people 
some of them do lending and some of them don't is the Massachusetts Small Business Development Center, the Franklin County CDC, Valley CDC. You know, who are your partners in this region doing the work that you're also doing or have some overlap with? Certainly the MSBDC and certainly um, Franklin County CDC score. Um, E4L is huge, um, Tessa and, and E4L and Holyoke. Um, you know, Valley Venture Mentors, Hope, um, they're all excellent partners to help us do what we need to do. There's a there's a good ecosystem of entrepreneurial support in the Pioneer Valley and in Berkshire County as well. Um, it's a little bit fragmented at times, and we work really hard to maintain relationships with all those organizations. We refer people to them. They refer people to us. There's also the Center for Women in Enterprise um, uh, has become a partner. And then banks, uh, banks and credit unions are our number one source of referrals. Uh, not all banks, not all credit unions, and not all people at those places because it really takes an understanding of, of uh, you know, I'm sure you've done this, Tara, where you sit in front of an entrepreneur and you realize you can't help them at your bank, but maybe somebody else can. And it takes people like you who make the extra effort to pick up the phone and call Callie or one of her team members and say, I think this is somebody you should talk to. And it's helped happened many times. Yeah, <laughs> and I also push my lenders right. to yeah, yeah. do the deal. I mean, like, where I'm, is the part that's not working, and yeah. how can we make it look better? You know. Well, there's a great example of that that I have permission to talk about in public. Um, Dale Whitney owns an anchor institution in Greenfield, which is Whitney Antiques, right on Main Street. Uh, Dale sought to purchase a second location in Deerfield and came to your bank, I believe it was, yeah. to get a loan supported by an SBA program uh, called the SBA 504 program. But there was still a little gap at the end of the day. And both your bank and uh, the SBA lender uh, gave D Dale permission to borrow uh, some of that gap, and so came to us to borrow the gap sort of outside of this complex structure uh, that the bank and the SBA lender had put together. And so, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the first dollar into a deal or a last dollar into the deal, every dollar matters to get it done. And so that was a great example of the partnering of three institutions to get a loan done to an experienced entrepreneur who's, who's the only deficit in the package was that there was a little tiny gap. I love that story. I didn't know that story, so thank you for sharing it. Absolutely. Um, it makes me happy to be a part of the team when I hear team stories like that. Um, and I want to ask you about another big partner, um, which is a relatively new partner for you, um, Wayfinders. Mm. Well, Common Capital was founded as the Western Massachusetts Enterprise Fund uh, in 1990, as we've said more than once. Uh, somewhere along the line, the name was changed to Common Capital. 2012. 2012, yep. thanks. Before uh, I started. Because she's been, oh. It was I was right say, when I first started. Yes. Yes. No. When we were located in Holyoke. We've <laughs> it had just turned, in, yeah. We've been located in Greenfield, Northampton, Holyoke, and now Springfield. In 2017, uh, Chris Sykes and the then CEO of uh, Wayfinder which used to be called HAP Housing, uh, Peter Gagliardi, uh, uh, recognized an opportunity uh, to, to combine forces uh, in what they called at the time a strategic partnership. Um, so now we are a subsidiary of Wayfinders, the largest affordable housing agency in Western Massachusetts. And there's a lot of great synergies between us. Uh, they. Uh, our markets overlap. They're not the same market, but there are people in 
that we that both organizations serve that need the same kind of help around financial literacy and education, in uh, both on the personal side and on the business side, uh, in help with. Uh, improving uh, one's credit history. Uh, there are a lot of people who are renters uh, in uh, Wayfinders properties that either own a small business or want to own a small business. And there's, you know, we run into folks that um, uh, that may not have the most stable housing uh, that they could use. And so we can refer them uh, to Wayfinders for help with that. We did have one borrower. She's no, no longer a borrower. She paid us off. Who We found out long after we made mm. a loan to her uh, hair salon that she had been a Section 8 recipient from HAP Housing many years earlier. We helped her start a business. She then became a landlord. She bought the business property where she was operating. Then she had people renting from her, and eventually she sold her business and moved out of state for other opportunities, but kind of went full circle from being uh, uh, housing unstable to being an employer and a landlord and a successful business owner. That's incredible. And we'll have to make sure to tell Chris to listen to the show because we've said his name a whole bunch, <laughs> and I'm sure it would make him really proud to hear all this. Um, but I'm I'm glad that you're um, under the Wayfinder umbrella and they have you as well because it is synergistic. And coming out of the pandemic, I'm seeing more and more businesses collaborate and come together, whether it's formally or informally, mm-hmm. um, to work together to try to get more stuff done. It was really important, too, for our small organization. You know, Common Capital is only right now a team of seven, hoping to grow to nine in the next year. And it's very difficult to manage all the backroom functions on our own. So Wayfinders has been a huge support for that. Great. Well, we have to take another break. I'm with Common Capital today. Raymond Lonza-Weil, who is the president, and Callie Nisgoda Flanagan, who's the director of lending. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guests today are Callie Nisgoda Flanagan and Raymond Lanza Weil from Common Capital. And we were just talking a little bit about staffing, and I thought, who else is on your staff? You've got one hole, but you must have other people other than Emil. We have an amazing team. We are a lean and mean team. That's what we always say. Um, so we have the longest. The, the employee with the longest tenure is Kim. Kim gone. She's our loan fund manager, and she's the first voice you hear typically. She talks to a lot of inquiries, um, and she manages pretty much everything. She's kind of a jack of all trades. Um, she does a lot of work with our new applicants and um, she's the servicing. administrative backbone. Exactly, yeah. administrative backbone. So Kim's great. She's been there a few years longer than I have. So she's our. Uh, our longest um, tenured employee. And then we have uh, Jay Kozak, my counterpart in the lending team. Jay Kozak's amazing. Um, they are the loan officer, the small business loan officer that works with me. And uh, Jay's somewhat new to the industry. They started in 2020. I mean, it's been three years now. It feels like it's been a year, but it's been three years and they've just kind of taken the role on and um, recently started, promoted, actually. Yeah. They were starting off as a uh, credit analyst, yep. and then recently they got a promotion to loan officer, so that's exciting. And awesome. Jay's great. Uh, we also have Roberto Nieves, who is our director of outreach and communication. Um, Roberto 
is the all-knowing business networker of the Hamden County, I would say. He just former is a, banker, he's a former, former banker. Um, uh, chamber of Commerce executive. Exactly. Yeah, he knows. If something's happening in the business community in Springfield, he knows. He knows. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's like a private eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, is that Roberto? He's a and great connector, <laughs> and he's doing a lot now in, in you know, Hampshire County and think Franklin County is kind of making his way north and west even to Berkshire County. And he's so. leading our partnership with a partner I should have mentioned earlier, the EDC, the Economic Development Council of Western Mass, uh, led by Rick Sullivan and uh, Ziamara, I'll mess up her last name, De Labato. Okay, I'm going to get it wrong. Sorry, <laughs> Ziamara. Um, but uh, Roberto's really led our work with that organization, uh, which has a much broader footprint of economic development work. So we're happy to work with them and happy to have Roberto leading that work. Mm-hmm. And so on top of having a great team, you also have um, funding, investors. Um, I saw on your website that you have a community first fund. Yes. So. Um, like many nonprofit organizations, we raise money from philanthropic supporters to help support our work. Um, the interest we earn on our loans isn't enough to pay for all of uh, the service we provide, especially the free business assistance that we provide. We get a significant amount of funding from the SBA in terms of grant money to help support that, but we still have to raise more. In addition, we have to raise loan capital, the money we lend out to small businesses, and that they then return to us by repaying their loans. We cycle that over the years, but as we grow, we have to raise more and more loan capital. We borrow some of that money, as I mentioned earlier, from the SBA, which we have to repay. We borrow a little bit of money from uh, a bank uh, that is interested in supporting our work, and they get credit from their regulators for that. And then we also borrow money from about uh, 85 individuals uh, throughout Massachusetts that invest in the Community First Fund. It's kind of like getting a a certificate of deposit at a bank. They invest their money with us for either a three-year or a a five-year term. We pay them interest on that investment. And about 90% of our investors roll over their investment at the end of that three- or five-year term. Um, The interest rate they earn on that, depending on what the economy is doing, might be better than what they get at a bank or might be worse than what they get at a bank. But what's important about those investments is that their money comes into our organization and then as directly as possible goes out into the community to support small businesses. I would never advise any of us in this room to invest directly in a small business on our own. Because as individuals, we may not know how to how to vet those those borrowers, but as a as a financial institution, we do, and so we're responsible for about a million and a half dollars of individual investments from folks all over the state, and uh, we uh, take their investment and support small businesses with it, and pay those folks back. And so, how do you find these investors, or how do they find you? How are you connected? Well, Chris did a great job of. Uh, Uh, raising the first chunk of money about 10 years ago for this fund. And since then, it's sort of been on autopilot. Um, uh, It's word of mouth. It's people who are interested in a socially responsible investment might find us on on the web or might find us through an investment advisor. Um, It's something that if we 
if and when, and there will be a when we need more loan capital, we'll probably seek to get the word out more and, and uh, do shows like this and uh, maybe other shows to let more people know about this investment opportunity uh, to support small businesses in our own communities. It, it sort of reminds me of the community foundation or, you know, when people donate to the CDC um, to get tax credits. Or Very much so. It's keeping your dollars local. Yeah. And we're all about the local. People have asked us over the years whether we're going to expand uh, east. And frankly, I'm not interested. I think there's a lot more work for us to do in western Massachusetts. And keeping it local is a real hallmark of the work that we do. And so what does success look like? for you going forward? Okay, I'll start. Um, well, it looks <laughs> Not like... It. There's having, a lot of like, <laughs> tapping of the nose right there. <laughs> um, it looks like more borrowers. You know, the more borrow, borrowers we have uh, that succeed in either launching or expanding their business, and uh, the more people that they're able to hire, those are the the biggest metrics of success for us. There's some other ones that may get a little nerdy or geeky in terms of the kind of work we do. We're looking for businesses to grow their revenues and grow their profits and grow their business net worth. Those are really important, you know, accounting-based metrics of whether or not a business is doing well. If, if, if your financial reports look good, that means you have money in the bank. Having money in the bank doesn't always mean that your business is doing well. So you have to keep track of it uh, you know, in your accounting program to, to know. So, uh, so those are three metrics. And two other metrics are looking at the individual owners and whether they're increasing, improving their personal credit uh, scores and their personal net worth. So those are all important things. But I think the, the broad brushstroke is more borrowers forming and growing their businesses and hiring more people uh, to grow the economy in Western Massachusetts. And so um, I agree with that. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the more we can support people to, to be happy, to be fulfilling the, the lives they want to live. Um, I know we spoke earlier about people changing careers and really like having these epiphanies coming out of the pandemic to start their own businesses. Um, so I really appreciate that you're giving so much support to that. Um, it really makes a difference. And so if people wanted to find you and learn more about you, how would they do that? Uh, the first way to do it would be our website, commoncapitalma.org. One of the great things on our website uh, that Roberto's really pushed us to do is we have uh, short videos from a number of our borrowers uh, in both English and Spanish on the website. Uh, so you can hear from borrowers directly their own stories. Right. We do have a, a really active um, social media um, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn. So I always encourage business owners, whether or not they're looking for a loan, to follow us because there's lots of resources. We share events, workshops that are going to be helpful to small businesses, grant opportunities. Um, and so our, our, our Facebook page, if you just search Common Capital, you'd, you'd be able to find us. And do you have any upcoming events? Summertime. Yeah, great. No, we don't have Vacation, anything coming up at this all I time. ever wanted. But we will be sponsoring more events with Chambers of Commerce and uh, Valley Venture Mentors and other organizations like that in the coming year as we have this last year. 
Great. Well, I would like to say thank you to you both for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, I'd also like to say thank you to Business West for being a sponsor of this show. I'd also like to thank Greenfield Savings Bank, my employer, who has uh, been a support of me in my seven years working for them. Thank you so much, GSB. And also to Craig De La Pena, who is a realtor for the Murphys and the owner of Sugar Maple Trailside Inn in Florence, um, also responsible for creating a lot of the rail to trail that we have across the state. Um, he is a gem in our community. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to Raymond and Callie from Common Capital for coming on. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. Have a great day. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.